0: Anime Declassified is a podcast run by the Anime Secrets website. Check us out at AnimeSecrets.org for more anime, video game, tokusatsu content. Remember to follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts today.
1: And welcome back to another episode of Anime Declassified podcast hosted by AnimeSecrets.org. I'm your host, Rizwan Merchant, and today I'm going to do something a little bit different again. I'm gonna be sharing the audio from a panel I just recently attended at a convention called Baycon in Pasadena, Texas. This panel is a voice actor panel with 13 voice actors from across anime, cartoons, animation, and TV shows. Um, it was a really fun time. There's quite a few really big names. Uh, Chuck Huber, for example. Josh USF, uh Larry Brantley, Chris Patton, Matt Elkins, Alex Home, and many, many others. I, like I said, there's 13 voice actors here. It was a great time, and uh, yeah, I just want to start it to everyone. So uh, let's get into it. All, a
2: yeah, in a yeah. all right,
3: I'm gonna be,
2: I'm gonna be having the mic to uh, give around to everyone to ask questions. But before we start, I think we should go from left to right and have everyone introduce themselves. So we'll start. Oh, you your left. 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 You're left. left. <laughs> Yeah. All right, go, that right. doesn't
3: work. I'm Larry Brantley. Can you to turn it on, I don't
4: want to turn it on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, so, that's a great start. Perfect. Hi guys, my name is Larry Brantley. I am pretty much the oldest guy up here. Back in the '90s, I did a show called Guzman on PBS. Oh. Yeah. What's the story? Thank you. <laughs> I currently work on My Hero Academia, uh, Dr. Stone,
3: a whole lot of others.
5: Hi guys, my name is Lisa Monique Diaz. Uh, Hi. I come from working at theme parks, so like Disney World, SeaWorld San Antonio, Six Flags right now, Universal. um, For anime, you can hear me in Blue Log, in Chainsaw Man, all different things, but also mainly as the great jockey, as the great jockey herself.
6: Yay! Drew! Yay. Hey, I'm Chris, I'm not Drew, I'm Chris Patton. Uh, I've been uh, doing this a long, 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 time. I was in Full Metal Alchemist and Haikyuu and, uh, what else am I? Uh, Fire Emblem and a whole bunch of other stuff. Okay.
0: Hi friends! Uh, I am Allison Lee Rosenfeld. Please feel free to call me Allie. Uh, you may know me from Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh!, Gundam, uh, Pocket, Strawberry
7: Shortcake, and a whole bunch of other things. Hey, y'all. My name is Monet Tatiana Lerner. And I, as well as being a voice actor, I also work for Medieval Times. Woo-hoo! So, um, so uh, I'm, I'm One Piece.
8: Great job! He will not be defeated. Um, Blue Lock, and yeah, Sorry, here we go. What's up, guys? My name is Bill Parsons. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, Jordan Dash Cruz. Uh, I'm a voice actor and uh, director over at Crunchyroll. Um, you've heard me in Blue Lock, Trapped in a Dating Sim, One Piece, Octopath Traveler, Beyblade, uh, and a bunch of other things. Uh, and yeah, I'm uh, here to just
4: have a good time and uh, answer questions. Okay. Hi guys, I'm Phil Parsons. Nice to meet you. I don't know if I've been in anything you like. Anyone watch, uh, oh, Fire Force? <laughs> All right. Captain Burns from company number one. That's me. Anybody watch Attack on Titan? <laughs> Kenny Ackerman, the world's best uncle goal. season three. Anybody watch the show? It's pretty obscure, called Dragon Ball.
1: <laughs> Never heard of it. So way
4: back the first season, the Saiyan Saga, I was the mighty Napa. And a lot of the stuff, because I'm old and been doing it a while, just like Chris. And uh, I think, are we younger than Larry? God, tell me we're younger than Larry.
3: You're younger than Larry. No, Larry how old are
2: you? I'm
4: 56. Okay, yeah. Oh, just
2: made it. Okay.
4: <laughs> I can relax now. Excuse me, I'm
3: the
2: oldest part in the room. And thank you guys for coming out today. I gotta follow that. You gotta, ah. you gotta do it, man. <laughs> Hi, I'm Thomas Nicky. Uh, you guys know me from One Piece, uh, The World Tutor. I'm also a stage actor in DFW, if you guys are up that way. Um, and uh, I also am, I'll just say my day job. I'm a veterinary technician during the day. Yes!
3: <clears> throat> so that's
2: so my day job, because you're probably going to ask me that question, so I'm going to answer it now. Um, other than that, let me pass it over to Phil Parson. I mean, sorry. Uh,
9: How's it go, guys. Um, my name is Alex Hom. Uh, I'm a voice actor. Uh, oh, 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 oh. Oh, okay. I, I didn't know there were dogs in here. No shit. Uh, I, I voice uh, Yoshida in Higehiro. I voice Rensuke Kunigami in Blue Lock. Uh, also, I'm uh, the Beast Warden Babanuki in One Piece, and uh, just a bunch of other stuff. Um, just happy to be here and answer all of your questions with these lovely folks here. Hello, I am Chuck Huber,
2: uh, Android 17, and yeah. yeah. um, right. right. I've been doing it for many years, 25, 30. But I'm not old like the other old guys. I'm actually very young. <laughs> 23. I believe it. Inside.
10: inside, in my brain. I'm a 12-year-old, actually. So. <laughs> not the years, <laughs> just the mileage. Uh, so cacao! Now that I'm spit on it. Cacao. Yes, now I've got all that saliva there. Thank you, Chuck. Um, Kaka! How is everybody doing today? Uh, uh, My name is Matthew Elkins. I play Sontetsu in Blue Lock. I play Edgar from Where in Beast Tamer. I play poker in One Piece. I uh, also dabble in the live action world. I had a character in Taylor Sheridan's show 1883. Um, But my bread and butter is I am a knight at medieval times! I also like to bake. Um, anyway. <laughs> okay. All
11: right. Hey guys, uh, my name is Drew Breedlove. I am uh, mostly known as Bachula
7: from Blue Lock. <laughs> Woo!
11: And uh, also, I, I dabble in, uh, I mean, I've done One Piece and Fire Force and stuff like that. But uh, I've also, you can see me in a Hallmark movie, you know, some commercials. and are really great, and Aunt, my
3: grandma loved it.
11: <laughs> but yeah, so that's me. So, hi! Thank you,
3: everybody. That's been great. <laughs> I guess we'll kick things off with some questions now. Yeah, any QAs? Um, if anybody has a question, raise your hand and I'll come to you. I'm going to slip so one out here real quick since everybody's complaining about being old and being in the boys' acting game. For By the long way, long our MCs long. are from
2: Assuming Positions Podcast. Thank you. A okay. uh, very awesome podcast you guys should go and listen to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: yeah. Thanks for that, Tom. Huh? You're welcome. Uh, but for the veterans, you say you've been in it for years. What sort of a pick your own answer? Which one do you want to answer? Is there something, is there one thing that's changed the most from when you started to where you are now? It's like just way better than you never thought it would be that way when you started. Or you give yourself one piece of advice from when you started. 20, 30, 50, 60, I'm not judging. How long ago, what piece of advice would you give your starting out self? Be like, hey, don't do this or always do this. Find
4: another line of work. (laughs) That's not true. Um, All right, so everybody loves a good origin story. I wish I had one. I fell into this by accident, okay? I was doing on-camera stuff. Uh, This would have been nineteen
3: ninety one.
4: and um, uh, I was doing commercials, just doing commercials. And my agent called and said, I'm gonna send you on a voice audition. And I said, great, what is that? She had to explain it to me. It was for a show, I didn't know what it was. I didn't know, I'll simply say this, when it came to Wishbone, the first audition, I did not know if I was going to have to dress in a dog suit and dance around on the stage because the most popular show was? Barney. 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 And I thought, for enough money and alcohol, I guess I will do that. (laughs) <laughs> Turned out it was a live dog, but that's kind of what started for me. I have one piece of advice: because you do a funny voice or a believable accent, that doesn't make you an actor. Learn acting. Do that first. Okay. That—that's the only advice I have for you. <laughs> that and yeah, don't drink on the time. Good advice. And that's the
3: question. Thank you. Everybody. Anybody? Anybody
2: else? Or is there another question? This
3: gentleman over here had a question. That uh, was really well up. I don't have
9: anything. Hi. So I am a theater major at the college right across the street. Woo! And so as someone who is used to doing uh, stage acting, do y'all have any advice looking to move into voice acting? I'll take this one. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, can take one. I got this Yay. one, too. You go first. So
0: um, that is wonderful that you were a theater after that. Background is going to serve you so well in a voice acting career. As our lovely cohorts just said, voice acting is first and foremost acting. When I'm in the booth, I refer to it as the Muppet Opera. I am using my entire body fully acting out things because if you're running and you're like, huh, 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 it's gonna sound a little different. You're like, yeah. like really getting yourself into it. So having an understanding of, I've got to know who I'm talking to, what it is I'm trying to communicate, what they want, making choices about your character, choices over voices. Like the things that you are bringing to it are are so much more important than well, I can do this cool voice, you know. Like it's gonna set you apart. It's going to be an asset to you. Um, if you are a musical theater person, being able to know your entire instrument, like everything your voice can do, is gonna be super helpful as well. And yeah, it's only like the biggest asset you can have. So, great job. <laughs> Thank you.
2: I will say this being a theater actor as well, you and I are tall. Um, I do the same thing in the booth, but you gotta tone down your arm movements a little bit, cause you're gonna smack something. <laughs> And my very first day, I knocked the mic right out of the stand. And I had an engineer stare at me for an hour, saying, oh. I said, all right. So yeah, it's awesome to do that, but not 100%. See, yeah, I'm so small, it's never been a problem.
4: Plus, you get to learn uh, how to play subtleties. And when you're on stage, projecting to the back row, subtle little facial movements don't play. If you've had both stage and on-camera acting experience, then you've got a full arsenal of draw from the booth. But that, the thing is, when you're in the booth and you've got your headphones on, just subtle little things can make a huge difference. And a good director will guide you with that. So just keep in mind, you don't have to like to Be you know, using your full diaphragm every single time you're in there. Thank you. You guys are talking about setups and stuff. Uh, you guys have such a
3: great repertoire up there. Are you guys working together. You guys have. Are you guys
8: working out of the studios that you're working for how is that working out uh, both for me so uh, I have a home studio uh, that I'll record from um, if I get you know an audition from like Los Angeles or something and I can't go out there because I live in Dallas like I'll do I'll do it from there and uh, if I book uh, they have not seemed to have a problem with me recording from home uh, but at the same time I'm that guy that really likes going into the studio just because it's a lot more fun. Um, It's a good environment. You have a director there in person that can kind of talk to you. I mean, they can talk to you over Skype or, you know, Source Connect or whatever. But like, for me, having someone in there and being like, all right, let's get down to the nitty gritty. Let's do this together. Having an engineer in the room too because Lord knows I hate writing my own game. Like, the amount of times I've peaked and I'm just like, we'll probably have to get that again, aren't we? Um, so yeah, uh, for me, both have worked out just fine. Uh, if I had a preference, uh, I would prefer in, in the studio. gotcha. Okay. Any other
3: questions over here? Yeah.
1: What are some fun behind-the-scenes stories from when you're in the booth, or We all something? had an agreement.
2: That's <laughs> safe. no. Just kidding. kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. So with Larry. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember that scene
4: in The Shining when, when uh, Wendy's running around the hotel and she sees like the guy in the bear costume with some dude in one of the rooms and no explanation given? Uh, just picture that and Larry in that
2: bear costume. Yeah. I've got a lot. Okay. Uh, so behind the scenes, right? Okay. So, um, we were doing Walla, this like way uh, back in 2017 or 2016.
6: Explain we were, what Walla Okay, is. Walla is called, excuse me, I'm sorry.
2: With all the actors, it's where they take a bunch of us, stick us in the room and we do the background sounds for everybody. We were doing for Royal Tutor and we're in this weird scene where there's a bunch of kids talking and there's no, they didn't have any dialogue written, nothing for us, no ideas. They said just make it up. All you have to do is act like that person does not belong here. I had just happened to watch, uh, what was it? Uh, the Mean Girls. Okay? The Mean Girls. Yes, the Mean Girls. So when my time came up and the engineer pointed at me and I just, all I could do was a kid going, don't even go here. And it's in there and they kept it. You just got your ring And it's there. But it, I, I, I pinpointed on the mark, if you come to my booth, I will tell you what episode and the timing so you can go find it. Because it was so. Anyone
10: that's fun? So, okay, go. okay. I, I've got kind of a kind of a fun one. Um, so what's really fun for me is anytime I get cast in a show, I'll go in and the, the director likes, seems to always want to be like, yeah, I cast you because of And if You were perfect for this role because of this. Um, and I remember when I did my very first show ever, it was called uh, Natsume's Book of Friends, and it was with the director, Jade. Um, I'm good friends with her husband, and you know, she kind of gave me the hookup and brought me into my first show. I came in and I just—I was straight up honest with her. I said, "Hey, I'm um, kind of nervous. You know, I've never done this before. I don't know how to how to you know do a lot of voice acting and stuff. I'm more on the camera guy." And she said, "Look, all you have to do is be yourself. I am a professional and I book you because you're this character." And I was like, "Wow. Okay. Easy peasy. Let's and she said, you're playing Satoru, he's a real pervert. <laughs> wow. And the rest is history. <laughs> That's
9: typecasting. So uh, I just wanted to bring up, since I can uh, say the story because it involves Jordan over there, um, no. when we were recording for Piki Hero, uh, myself, uh, Jordan, and the director, Jonathan Rigg, we were working on, it was like the very first episode, and uh, we were, we, I had to do a spit take. Uh, <laughs> Because in the scene, he's brushing his teeth and he spits. And we couldn't get the right sound with nothing to spit out. And Jordan just stands up and he's like, I got it. And he runs out of the room. And I'm like, what, what, what just happened? And then he comes back with a cup of water. He's like, take this. He just busts into the booth. He's like, take this. And I was like, OK, OK, OK. And we got it. I just, I just... I swiveled some water and I spit it out into the cup and it sounded perfect. Man. I forgot about that. As you little did little. forget. I just remember, I'm like, I'm like, is he okay? He just like ran out of the room. What happened? I don't know what he's doing. Inspiration, my friend. It was beautiful and I love <laughs> you for it.
5: I had to gargle water in the scene too for Jockey as well, which made me think of another thing for you. But one of, not really a specific story, but if you ever do get to work with Jordan as a director, it's just one of the best times because he laughs at everything. Even if it's, it's not as funny as it actually is. <laughs> it's
7: true. So okay, you so my child. <laughs> in this show that I'm in called Fruit of Evolution, I play Woo. a donkey that transforms into a human being, and she is a yes because <laughs> she eats the fruit of evolution and she transforms. So she eats a lot. She loves food. She's a donkey, of course. They love food. So um, I, I'm in this show. I am constantly. Eating. Like every single scene, I'm eating, I'm eating. But there was one scene where I had an actual bakudan in my mouth, which is like a dumpling. And so we were trying to figure out how to make the sound of talking with the bakudan in my mouth. So I was like, oh, I'll just put my fist in there. And then we were like, no. And so we went to the snack room. We got an apple, we got a granola bar. And so I was there, and she walked in, and I had this full-on apple in my mouth, like a stuffed pig. Uh, I was just like sitting out which, like I saw dressed, and look the there she was, and I just like spit the apple on everywhere. So are you yeah, okay? Fun. I'm okay. All right. Yes.
10: Got okay. Yeah. Got You know what I think is really fun um, when I record at Crunchyroll. One thing that's really fun is on Halloween everybody dresses up, everybody. And I remember I was going wanting to record for the show I was doing. I was dressed at a Teletubby, and. <laughs> I stopped by uh, Studio Ten and I walked in and Drew's doing bocha fully decked out in Captain Jack Sparrow And like I mean, not just like a hat in the plastic store, I mean like he he out. goes all it's out. He, all out. Like he does it. a great impression, he's gotta do it for you guys right now. So occasionally I'll do Captain Jack
3: Sparrow and I you still got work huh? uh,
8: I guess I'll share a, just a quick story. Uh, this is more of like a in-the-booth improv moment. Um, so I was working on Trapped in a Dating Sim, um, voicing Leon, and in one of the episodes, as an anime does, uh, there was there was a scene uh, where it shows like the two girls, like the two main girls of the show, for whatever reason, like sleeping in a bed, like in their bra and panties. Um, anime. That's anime. Yeah, that's anime, right? Um, so I remember, we there was a line written down, I can't remember what the line was, but uh, I was looking at it and just in character I go,
2: Leon like you.
8: <laughs> And I was like, and I start laughing, and uh, Rig, the director, he goes, we're keeping that. <laughs> and I'm like, no, 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 like that was, that was a joke, that was a joke, no, sorry, we're keeping that. So now if you watch the show, you will hear,
4: Leon like you. <laughs> right in there. Fun moment. Well, I have one that's not. It's it's really just to uh, shows how dumb I am more than a fun behind the scenes story. But you guys know who Chris Stabbat is, right? Oh, yeah. Godfather of uh, Dragon Ball dubbing. Okay, so he has his own studio called Overtron. We've, we've all done work there. One time, I was running late to a session, and you know. I, I respect Sad in the studio a lot. All those guys. You know, very unprofessional to be late, so I felt terrible. And I don't remember, but it was a very complicated car issue, family thing. I can't remember what it all was, but I'm rushing to get there. I'm running, and I'm there, and I'm 20 minutes late. And I think I was even trying to reach them, and I couldn't. And I'm just like, guys, I'm so sorry. And I'm going to the whole story, so I spend three and a half minutes explaining all this drama to explain I, I do respect their time. And Sad, it's like.
9: Um. Your session's up for tomorrow, dude.
3: Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> 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 so it's very early. You're early, yeah, You were
6: early. You were late. <laughs> Dedication early actors on
4: time. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Although I did uh, have ad-lib lines that stay in. Ad yeah. Opertron once, we were doing uh, Moriarty the Patriot. they right. you ever watched that show? Right. And there was a scene where this bad guy is, is chasing somebody, person to a theater. It's all set in England, you know. And he's... And I'm just some dude sitting on the front of the theater with his eyes wide open. The guy's like, did you see this man run through here? He looks like this, right? The guy's just barking. I'll pay you. Tell me where he is. And the guy's very intense. And, and my guy's like, don't need to pay me, sir. I saw him. He went through that door. And that's the only line. And then there's a shot of the guy. Yeah. And he just runs off all angry and pissed off. And it's just, a, it's just a lingering shot. So I just was joking. I go, You're bloody welcome! (laughs) And uh, Raleigh kept it in, so
9: another
3: line that's in the dub that wasn't part of the script. Those Easter eggs are always fun, but we got a question from the audience. All right. Oh my goodness, Tom, thank you
6: so much for saying no already. Um, I have two questions, actually. And uh, first, I was actually
2: before the panel, got the opportunity to talk to Allison, and she is so wonderful, and thank you for answering my questions. Um, But for those of you who've been on shows like Dragon Ball or Strawberry Shortcake, Polly Pocket, shows that have been around a long time, how
6: much do you feel like you get to own the characters you play, and how much do you feel like a responsibility to live up to what people have done previously? And then my question for everybody in the group is, you know, coming to Comic Con is the greatest thing in the world for us as fans. Tell us a little bit about some of your favorite experiences being out here with the fans, and what it's like for them to come up and show you all that love and that excitement for what you do.
0: Well, thank you so much. Uh, you know, like with Polly Pocket and Strawberry Shortcake, where they were like, "We want to take her in a, a new direction. This is for a new generation." and you know what what worked? you know 15 years ago is not necessarily where the animation world is right now and I think that sometimes you know American animation is like a little different performance wise from anime um, so definitely have a, a respect for what came before me and a love for it I definitely had a lot of Polly pocket toys growing up um, but also you know understanding that like I got this part because they liked something that I brought to the table, something that I did in my audition that was different than what other people did. And you know, I've got a really silly sense of humor, and I love to let that shine. And I think that's something that has fortunately helped me in this industry with those characters in particular. Um, and to your second question, I, you know, anytime I get to meet fans, and somebody tells me that a show or a movie that I was in helped them in some part of their life, or or just really brought them joy in a a wonderful way. I mean, that's the best part of meeting fans is hearing that the work we do actually impacts people's lives. When we're alone in a dark booth, I think it's really easy to forget. that, like, oh, somebody's going to see this and maybe like it and want to talk to us about it one day. It's really wild and wonderful to get to have that moment come back to us.
6: Do you ever have fans that were fans of the original? Do you ever have fans that were fans of the original bring their kids and they're fans of now
2: you get that connection with
11: yeah especially
0: with pokemon i find where there's people who watched it growing up and now their kids are into it and it's really a wonderful thing that a lot of these properties have that staying power that fans span generations it's really
4: awesome i
0: had
4: a young young lady at my table this very con this morning and she was she was crying and I i got so nervous and basically telling me that uh, she lost her father, because she was a young girl, so she lost her father young, and one of her memories was watching Dragon Ball with her father when she was, like, seven years old, and it meant so much to her. And, you know, and you, it's, it's it's humbling to be a part of something that means so much to anybody, no matter how small a part it is. So I know what you're talking about. Um, okay. The first part of your question. I I was in the weird place of being able to create a character from scratch. And I really didn't know what the hell I was doing. Um, people ask, how did you come up with the voice? And I didn't, I came up with the character. Came up with the personality and then the voice just sort of found it. I once met uh, Dan Castellaneta at a comedy club in Santa Monica, California, and asked him how he came up with the voice of Homer Simpson. And he told me the same thing. He said, the first two seasons he patterned Homer on the actor, Walter Matthau, and you can hear that in the performance, but then the writing was so good, and Dan finally got comfortable that he made the character his own, and then it went up and, you know, into Homer's head, if we all know that. So being being able to start from scratch is really cool and kind of scary, because it's all on you if it goes south. You know, there will be no future successions or future generations because nobody liked it in the first place. Um, As to the con question, uh, this is my one, two, three, fourth con ever. I stayed out for a long time because of my twin dislikes of crowds and people. Um, But uh, it's been wonderful. And the first time a 30 something year old came up to me at my very first con and said, you were the voice of my childhood. I took that very seriously. Um, he brought with him a wishbone VHS tape still in the plastic. And I and he had his family with him, his wife of several years and his three kids who didn't know what a VHS was. <laughs> um, and I said, I would love to sign that for you, but if you take that out of the plastic, it loses a lot of value. He didn't bat an eye, man. He looked right me and he said, this is never leaving my family. He called it an air loop. He called a VHS tape an air loop. And I thought,
2: okay, I need to I need to meet more people. So,
4: so far, I'm having a good
2: time. Anybody else? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I when I meet people in a because uh, I I'm a very outgoing person, and I, if all those who know me, it's not a, not a surprise. But what I find really fun about coming to conventions is getting to talk to people about their love of acting, and then when they tell me they don't think they can do it, and then when I I connect with them on social media, and then I get to hear, hey, I actually went, and I'm in school now, or hey, I did my first community theater play, or hey, I actually got this little independent voiceover role. It means so much to me as a person that they were able to go out and do it because then I feel like I've actually contributed to the world and made uh, something better and on the fact of which phone you were my childhood man so uh i get that sentiment thank you so much i appreciate that yes,
1: yes. me and my grandmother every sunday
2: on pbs channel four we didn't have cable i lived in the country uh but yeah so that's my big thing i've got i've got plenty of people right here in this audience i've talked to about pursuing their dream and keep going no matter why and even if you just are in a community show and it doesn't pay anything, and, but you had fun, and you're still doing the, the art, and you're still pursuing it, and you keep going, and no matter what, it's gonna be a part of you, and that means a lot to me, coming to these when I get to hear it. So I don't, uh, they usually thank me. I go, no, thank you for making me feel good about doing this. You're the best, Tom
5: huh, McKee. You <laughs> don't say that. That's,
2: that's the stuff. But you are the best. Anyone <laughs> else want to get happy?
5: I'll I'll go ahead and tack on this. Um, So this is only my second convention as a guest, but I've been going to conventions since I was like 12 years old because I'm a fan first and foremost. And so it's been really cool like getting to be on this side of the stage and getting to talk to people, especially like the characters that I've played so far, I'm only within, I've just finished my first year in anime specifically. And so it's really cool to get, um, even though we don't have long-running characters, we have characters that originate in like Japan. And you already have those fans that are hardcore fans of the show and of these characters, and then getting to have them come up to you and thank you, like, oh my goodness, I really loved what you did with the dub because we were kind of worried. There's always that sub versus dub kind of sort of thing. But being told from fans that they enjoyed what we did and all the things stopping beginning to talk to people has been really cool on the other side like wow I've been aiming towards this goal like I was watching the hawk show with my sister and Pokemon and pre tier and all these things and now I'm sitting up here with people um yeah my sister <laughs> so, we're like big fans at home and so being able to go and like actually experience it on this side and then take it back to my siblings and cousins that were like we're all full weeds on the inside as well is like a really different and really cool experience too. To we're continue, fans of you! Thank you. Continue working towards your dreams because it works out in the end. You want to uh,
4: I'll go. No, I'll go. go. I'll, 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 I'll.
3: Okay, you go. No, you go. I'm I'm going on purpose. Oh my gosh. No, you hang up. And uh, so I want to
11: say, like, I really got into acting, especially like uh, doing theater in high school, uh, because after plays, people would come up to me when they would, you know, meet cast, and they'd be like, "Oh man, I hated you so much, but like in a good way," or like, you know, I I had people that, you know, told, you know, told me that I almost made them cry, or you know, stuff like that. and I, I knew that you know I wanted to get into this field to to make people feel those emotions that maybe they don't feel you know all the time, right? Or they they sometimes forget that they have, you know. And so um, a recent con that I went to, um, uh, it was wild because I actually had uh, for the first time I had fans coming up to me like shaking like crying because they were just so happy. And I, I I only have Bachata. Bachata is like my biggest character and. And they were just shaking and crying. They're like, you're such a legend. And it, to me, it's like it almost is an, an imposter syndrome because you, you feel like you haven't earned it yet. And uh, and uh, I know he's going to say something, so I'll just say it. I uh, signed my first tattoo. Andrew, I
7: signed
10: people's <laughs> arm and they tattooed it. Yeah,
11: yeah. so I signed my first tattoo. Uh, I had this girl come up to me. And she was like, hey, can you sign my arm? I'm like, okay, cool. She sent me a picture on Instagram. She's like, I got tattooed. And then on the other one, she got uh bachita. And she said, "What she's doing is she's doing one sleeve of autographs and one sleeve of characters, or her favorite characters and her favorite actors." And I was like, "That's that's pretty cool. I mean, it's a little weird, but it, it's <laughs> kind of cool at the same time. And it's just it's it's very interesting to have."
6: He's such a big deal. Uh, sh- shut up. No, <laughs> shut up. He's,
11: he, we've been friends for a while. I don't know if you can tell that, but but it, it's been it's it's very rewarding to see the effect
10: that your work has on fans. It's it's really cool to see that. So actually, just to kind of piggyback on that, um, one thing that uh, really means a lot to me, not just for me personally, but to see something like, as much as I tease him, but to see something like that happen for Drew, um, is I've known Drew for a very, very long time. We've been best friends for a long time. And I've been a part of his journey and watched him grind and work and work and get nothing from it and work and work and get nothing but rejection. So then to see him shine in that way or to see me shine in that way, it means the world to have someone come up to you and say that because they're just, they're, for me at least, it's confirming, hey, all that effort you put in, all that time you put in where you got nothing. Because acting is 99% rejection, at least for me it is. It's like 99% rejection and and then you get that one and it's like, oh, I have a fan. Well, it's not just about like, oh. How cool am I? But it's more about okay, hard work paid off. You know, effort paid off. All you had to do is just keep pushing and keep grinding, and that, that means the world to me. Drew, you want to sign, can
11: sign my arm, please? That's become the running joke. Now. Yeah, Drew he signs, signs arms. arms,
10: so he'll sign it and then you get it tattooed. So just the good. arms,
11: though. Just the arms, please. <laughs>
8: So, so for me, uh, one, one of the big things, I, I actually just started doing conventions, uh, really hit, hitting hard conventions uh, this year, uh, is honestly seeing just the faces light up of fans that come up to you and uh, just start talking like about why the show is their favorite show or why the character that you voice is like their favorite character. Um, I had someone at this convention uh, just recently, uh, they were really into Beyblade. I, I voice was shot in, in Beyblade versus Quad Drive. And they were just blown away by the fact they, they didn't think that they would meet like a Beyblade voice actor and just started talking about like why they love the show and hey like I would love to, you know, battle you with like a Beyblade or something. <laughs> like just just fun stuff and it's cool to see like a lot of times like introverts or, or, or people who might be a little bit shy and like, afraid to come up to you and talk because they're like, oh, well, I don't know what I'm going to talk about because they're this voice actor and what if they don't think I'm like cool or something? Um, not that we think that. You guys are freaking awesome. <laughs> yes. um, but uh, it's just cool to see them, like, the passion in their voice and the passion that they have like for the shows and whatnot. Um, real quick story. I, I did a convention with Chuck, uh, AFO, uh, two weeks ago in Orlando. And it was crazy because I had... I had someone come up to my table uh, asking about Shadow's House. I, I voiced Sean and John at Shadow's House. And I knew who this person was, but they hadn't seen me in years, so they didn't recognize me. So I was like, oh, yeah, man, you know, like, it's it's cool it's cool to see you, uh, Cooper. And he's like, what? How, how do you know me? I'm like, it, it's me, Jordan. Like, we played Smash Bros. together with, like, Kevin over at Steven's house, and he just... Like his face just blew up. Like he straight up like passed like almost passed out on the floor. He like fell and everything. Um and just seeing that, like it was so cool not only to reconnect, but it was so cool to be able to just again see that face light up where it's just like like I, I love this show and, and like you're the voice, like 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 let's talk about it. So then we just started talking about Shadow's House. Which another thing I found out like I've had to do a lot of research on shows, that way I know like what to talk about. Cause I'll be like, let me let me make sure that I know this stuff that they're talking about. Um, but yeah, for me, sorry, I don't, I don't mean to ramble, but like for me, that's, that's one of the biggest things is being able to just see like fans excitement uh, about the shows that they watch and just being able to be like a little part of
10: it. Well, especially kids, because uh, yes. kids are brutally honest. honest. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> like if they think you suck, they will tell you. Oh, yeah. So, so to, hear, to hear a kid comment on how much they enjoy the show, that, that means the world to me. Because I'm like, I know you'll don't tell the it <laughs> <laughs> <don't like> truth.
3: <laughs> it's great to hear you guys That's talk about question. the passion that, you, that the audience has for you guys. Hearing you guys talk, you guys have passion for the hard work that you do. doing. got done. one here,
2: one in the back? Yes, thank you. We got one here oh, in the middle there. aisle and one at the back right. <laughs> Hey, uh, I have a question for Chuck actually.
4: Um, so I, this is a very odd one and you may not be able to answer it too. Uh, I was just curious, um, do you by any chance know uh, why
2: the English Funimation dub of Shin-Chan ended or was cancelled? That,
3: that was very sad.
2: Very sad. Uh, Shin-Chan was one of my favorite shows uh, to work on. It was... It was they, they let it go because to do it the way they wanted to do it, which was to reimagine most of the dialogue and a lot of the narrative and, and make it our own, it took some really uh, expensive writing. The, the head writer for that show was out of LA, and, and so I think in the, the, the process of rewriting it, I think it was just too expensive. And the fan base was, they thought it would be bigger, but it was smaller. But very loyal, very loyal Shin Chan fan base, that's for sure.
10: Awesome,
2: thank
4: you. Yeah. Um, not, I didn't know that. That's So I, I did a little on that show. That's why that had such an American sensibility in the yeah. writing. It was unusual. Yeah. That's not
2: like the old studio, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's one of the only shows I refused to say a line that was written. <laughs> I just refused. Yeah. I was like, that will never be recorded. Yeah. <laughs> not with my voice. <laughs> did Zach
4: try to convince you?
2: Uh, for a second, and then I explained uh, what would happen, and he was like, yeah, no, you <laughs> Can't have that for blackmail purposes. We had another question in the audience over there. Let me come to you real quick.
10: You well, ever had to do like, or uh, uh, offered a, a show that like went against like moral judgment or something that, like a belief that you had that you just didn't agree with? Some sort
3: moral biz to answer this question. Moral, I this I I, uh, <laughs> I was morals you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. I
2: was actually a principal of a private Catholic school while I was recording for about eight years, uh, and so. There, there are shows you don't want to do. You're like, oh, that's a little rapey. I don't want to do that show. It's not my style. But your friends are all the directors. And so, like, if you're there and you got extra time on the clock, and they're like, can I pull you in for some bits? And they're like, Yeah, oh, in that show, I don't want to do that show. And they're like, but you should do it for me because I'm your friend. And you're like, okay. but again, So we would do shows. i do shows that I was morally opposed to, but they just would list me as a different name. 'Cause I didn't want to get fired from the Catholic school I was teaching at.
0: <laughs> There'd be some times where I would encourage a line change. Like if there were things that felt kind of like fat shamey or you know,
7: put. inadvertently w- racist. Right,
0: right. It's like we wouldn't say that America. Um, <laughs> I-, I would encourage they re examine a line and more often than not those moments would get rewritten.
9: Uh, oh uh, so so uh, I worked on a show with uh, Jason Lord uh, skeleton Knight in the other world if you guys watched that one Was a couple of th- Oh, hey <laughs> we, we got two peas in a pot there and uh I played uh one of, he, he was only in there for a couple episodes but he's this evil fat lord guy and he's just totally creepy and and there's a scene where it's just you know creep to the max and he's, he's got like these elf concubines in bed and he's just being a total creep and and Jason was really cool, though, because he pulled me aside before he did it, and he's like, Hey, I'm going to show you this scene. It's pretty creepy, it's pretty weird, it's pretty, yeah. You, if you have any problems with it, tell me now, and let me know, and we can, we can course-correct from there. And I saw it, and it's like, no problem? I'm just going to make him as, like, cartoonishly evil, so there's no chance of ever, you know, like, like seeing this guy in any good light whatsoever. And uh, we did it, and he's, he's absolutely <laughs> cranky. <crying. Hey. laughs> yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Take, take, up, take up the whole <laughs> stage, no, please, please do that. Do that. <laughs> and see if you moved earlier. But yes. Did so, I miss anything? <laughs> <laughs> a, a good director will, will, will help you course correct and will make you aware of any sensitive topics and subject material that you might be working with, and really makes it great. So. <laughs> there's
4: this, there's to, uh, a young lady.
8: To to add to that real quick as well, I, I do think that they've gotten a little bit better at letting you know if there's like some content in there that like is questionable um, and whether or not you want to audition. So it'd be like, hey, this show is rated TVMA. Like, are you comfortable with this? Are you comfortable with saying the F-bomb? Like, are you comfortable with these scenes that are happening? Um, So they have gotten a little bit better with that. Um, If push comes to shove, you can still say no. Uh, They're not gonna hold that against you. Uh, They're not gonna be like, oh, you said no, so you're fired and uh, we're not gonna cast you anymore and everything. Um, I would say, you know, stick to your morals. If if you feel uncomfortable, say no. Say like, hey, I'm I'm good not doing it, Um, but hey, if you've got another show or something in the future, you know, shoot me an audition for that. Yeah, so I,
2: oh, but I'll just I'll just quickly kind of lean on yours. So I just recorded for the show, I can't really say the name right now, you know, uh, but it's set in the Civil War and I played a, uh, a general who drops the n bomb quite a lot. And I was not very comfortable saying that, especially in my community where I live, because um, in my home studio I had to record, and you can hear me through the window. Uh, and my neighbors, who are all dear friends of mine, are African American, and I was like, um, "Can we not put this like?" There's one scene in particular where it was like five times in a row, and I threatened the, the soldier's life, and and I'm like, "Like, but it's historically accurate." I'm like, "I understand it's historically accurate, but I'm not comfortable saying it." So it took them two weeks, but they rewrote the entire scene and took out all of those end bonds. And the character still sounds the same. He still, you know what he's saying. But uh, I had to literally hold my guns there and be like, look, I'm not gonna say this five times in a row in the most hateful speech I've ever said through a microphone. I don't care if it's character. But they finally came back in the script and were like, "Who changed it. Still, still there though. And the next one.
5: The first one is, if, has there ever been like a role where you have to play down, not because of the writing but generally because of the character's personality, does that make sense?
0: Play down,
5: you said? Turn down. Oh, like, turn down. Like say no. And another is like playing off the whole lines. Has there ever been a line where you, you have to take a second to compose yourself before saying it because it's so hilarious? <laughs> yes. So,
6: I am in. Uh, I was part of a dub that some people know called Ghost Stories. Uh, and not only did that involve a line that I believe anyone who knows me will be shocked to hear this. I actually, there was a line written that I wouldn't say. What? Uh, I know, no, I'm serious. It was quite the doozy, too. But uh, if you don't know anything about that dub, um, yeah. There were, there were several lines that uh, I would read... The way that that dub was done, the director had the translation, and then he just had his Mac right here, and he was just writing like his riff of the translation on the fly. So like my lines would just pop up on the screen in front of me seconds before I was supposed to say them. and I, would, I was like, oh, dear God, okay. Um, and uh, yeah, there were some that I, I couldn't say at first because I was laughing or I was in shock, and some that I just refused to say. Yes. One that I refused to say.
2: I uh, if you are talking about toning it down, like as in like oh, turning it down. Oh, turn it down. Okay. Turn, oh turning it down. Mm-hmm. No, I won't turn down the role given to me uh, right now. <laughs> right now, yeah, because I haven't worked in a while. Let's, so let's if you it give it me a roll. A lot
4: of fans also don't realize that generally with anime dubbing, it's not like we know all about these characters that we have cast in. I mean, right. often you don't until you walk in the booth what you're going to be doing. So it would be an after the fact turning it down.
0: They, they also currently, you know, a lot of times now um, are looking for racially appropriate people and sometimes it will list in the character description, um, of whether just based on their appearance or literally on who they are, wh- what their um, ethnic background is, and sometimes it will be left to the actor's own uh, judgment call to say, yes, I feel comfortable auditioning for this type of role, or like, I'm going to pass on this and let someone who actually fits that audition for it. Um, so sometimes it's, it's not even just rejecting the role, it's saying, I'm going to not audition for this role to begin with.
7: So I don't know if you guys, there's a show called Golden Kamoi, um, and I just recorded an episode where I played a, um, a tribal woman who was helping another woman give birth, <laughs> and so... <laughs> There were a lot of interesting um, things that were being said, very uh, explicit things and I remember just like hearing it in the Japanese and reading my script and I just had I did have to take a second and kind of breathe through it because like just like now I'm just laughing thinking about it and so you know and then the beeps come and you're like oh god I hope this is going to (laughs) happen. Um, but yeah, no, it's definitely like you have to breathe sometimes through it and just uh, focus. What Take a minute focus. Oh yeah, I also <laughs> 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 Aristocrats of the worldly adventure. How many Europeans
9: do we have uh
7: <laughs> so a bidet is basically okay. Anyway. <laughs> watch <laughs> <versus> <laughs> <otherworldly> <laughs> Just
4: just Google. B I D E T.
7: And it rhymes with my name, Monet. Monet yeah. of the day. Sorry, that <laughs> <laughs> um, But yeah, that was another one that was really, really. <laughs> All
2: right, we got time for one last question,
4: probably about five minutes. Hey, anybody? Anybody? Any gentleman with his hand up back there? They don't
7: trip, everyone. <laughs> oh, 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 she would not approve.
11: Uh, so I was wondering if, you know, after a long day of being in the booth or, or recording, do you guys ever, are, are your voices ever
4: stuck for a minute and you got to think, like, what do I really sound like?
3: <laughs> yes.
4: Um, the worst, I don't know, it, it, I can't speak for any of these guys, the, the worst for me is whenever it's heavy on combat, and that's actually these days, it tends to be voicing video games. Uh, but there are definitely some characters in anime. And I don't forget what I sound like, but it I've deliberately chosen voices that seem to not be good for me professionally because it's always <laughs> back in here. And, <laughs> and then you have to do that at full volume for a really long time, um, which is why I don't do long days in the studio ever. I'll do a couple hours max and then I'm done. I don't know what the youngsters do, but um, yeah, it it does happen. I do occasionally get stuck in an accent. I grew up in my Irish grandparents' house until I was about 11 years old. I thought that's just how you, fucking talk. And so uh, I actually had to go to, my grandfather took me to a speech pathologist to get me to not do that because I was getting in fights in school because I wasn't telling anybody else. And it was after that, that she actually encouraged me to do it, and then I made a career out of it. Um, so yeah, I, I, sometimes it's just easier for me to, to just be in a character voice. It's, it's, it's just less effort than being me. And so, you know, that, and, and so I'll walk around the house and my wife, bless her heart, would be like, well, I guess he's a Scotsman today. <laughs> Well, he's got no Hody Jones. No, we're not doing that today. <laughs> but very good question. Thank you. Else? I-,
5: I can also jump on to both questions real, real quick. Um, I'll usually, especially, I realize in the past year since I've been looking at anime, I've been consistently cast as a lot of really black characters that talk a lot. Um And so if you're doing a lot of sessions back to back, especially if you're doing those long sessions, Um, the easiest thing to do after all those sessions is just to not talk. And so that's usually what ended up with me after Jahi specifically, because after you get cast in something, like you said, you're kind of in it. If you want to turn down the role, you're already in it, so that's kind of hard to do. And if you're already a loud character, well, that's what your character is going to do for all 20-plus episodes. And so you just kind of have to learn how your voice is and how you react to all those sessions and how
7: you can take care of it. Um, At the end of the day, it's just kind of good luck. Yeah, and that's exactly kind of what I was going (laughs) to say. It's important to warm up, Um, even if you're not a singer, like vocal warm ups are so important just to, yeah, and cool downs. Um, But in the Jahi show that she's talking about, my character like hits her head on a table because she punishes herself. And so I had to like scream and hit my And so that took like a couple hours of me having to warm up my voice to get to that place so I don't lose my voice. And so like Lisa was saying, like after a session, like I would just sit in my car like completely silent, no music on, and just listen to my turn signal. You know, I know and I was that. just like so meditating anyway.
10: I just want to make one comment about that. So me and Brene both worked at medieval Times, and that particular scene, she, I guess, was rehearsing it at her apartment, and I remember I was dropping something off, and she left the door unlocked for me. And so I came in, and I just heard her going,
3: I was like, what the hell is going on in
7: there? I was saying earlier, like the physical thing, because I can't actually, we can't hit our head on a table, but we have to make it sound like we're gonna, we're hitting our head on a table. So like the physical, what do you have to do? It's like, you know, you have to figure out some way.
2: I, I just got done doing a show where I played an Irishman for like hours straight, for three and a half hours. I was an Irishman. And I found myself uh, keeping that that dialect, even leaving, leaving the stage, they be like, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing fine. How are you? <laughs> and I couldn't get rid of it for at least a, a a week, so I did have to sit literally in my room, not listening to a
9: darn thing, and going, okay, this is what I sound like. It's said,
2: so, oh, how you doing there? <laughs> it's good nice to see
9: you. Uh-huh. So uh, um, I just wanted to say, like, I my biggest issue when I record stuff for my voice and stuff, it's not. Uh, when I get the direction more energy, that means louder to me. So I just do louder, and every time I shout, it goes into like you know <laughs> goes into your throat, and you do this, and that's horrible for your voice. And I can't stop it from doing that. So when i voicing a, when I voiced a, a Yoshida for Higehiro, he stayed very much in my natural range. But then he would shout, and when I shout it, i would be like, "Ah!" And, and, and Droughts it's like, "No, no, 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 no! Don't do that! Don't do that!" Like, like, he, we don't want him to sound like that. I'm like, "I know, then, but that's that's what my throat goes to when I when I shout." So it's trying to trying to find like little things that you can navigate around those. Yeah, exactly. Or just put it in your nose, put it at the top of your mouth, whatever you have to do to to to, to avoid to shredding it's your vocal cords beyond all belief. So.
8: And uh, I'll, I'll just add real quick. Um, Speaking about like character voices and like whether or not we get stuck in them, um, as someone who's been able to do like a little bit of directing, I have seen like anime kind of leaning. We still do the character voices, but leaning a little bit more towards like natural like voices, uh, keeping it a little bit more humanistic. I guess I don't even know that's a word. Oh, perfect. Um, but uh, it's it's really cool. <laughs> it's really cool to see um, when I'm directing. Uh, and people are using their natural voices, like the little nuances. So it's not necessarily that they get stuck, but it's more so like I'll hear like, oh, they've got like a slight accent. Oh, they've got like this little thing and trying to like figure that out and being like, hey, I don't know if you know this, but like you have like maybe a slight Texas accent or you've got like maybe a slight Spanish accent like to your read. And you know, for the most part, we'll, we'll keep it, you know, because it's like, oh, this is natural, this is how people talk. Um, but it is it is cool to see like, just the different aspects of people's voices, and maybe even some aspects that they themselves have never really thought of until they get in the booth and we say, oh, hey, did you notice that you have this? Let's see if we can maybe kind of tune this in a way where it's not so prominent. But then there's other characters where
2: we're like, yeah, no, that's perfect, like, keep it. All right, Uh, Bacon.
9: Let's give a big round of applause and thanks to our boys
2: and girls. uh, They all have boots in uh, the division hall, so we're going to check them out. Um, And uh, stay tuned for unconventional stand-up comedy? Yes, unconventional stand-up comedy. Stay tuned.